Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Las Musas podcast. My name is Angela Velez, and I'm the author of Lulu and Milagro's Search for Clarity. Today, I'm joined by a few of the co-founding team members of Latinx Pitch, uh, including author Denise Rosario Aduce, uh, author Mariana Llanos, and author Sandra Proudman. Um, so to start us off talking about this, can you all tell me what is Latinx Pitch? Who can participate? Yeah, let's get into it. Wonderful. Well, thank you for having us today. I think um, uh, we're really excited to be able to talk about Latinx Pitch and, and invite people to participate on September 15th. Um, so I think Mariana is going to talk a little bit about how we started. Yes, well, Latinx Pitch is an event that takes place on Twitter. And um, well, it was, uh, I think it was during the pandemic times. And I read an article where an agent, I, I, I can't remember her name because I, I am super bad with names, but she was talking about her client and, and a novel that she had written. And she said, it was this phrase that stuck with me, that it was, there aren't enough Latino writers or Latinx writers. And that phrase just stuck with me, like, um, that's not true. So uh, many people talked about this on Twitter, but I remember I went on Twitter and I said something about it and I can't remember what I said exactly because like I said, I never remember anything. But basically I said, yes, we are here. And I am Mariana Llanos and I write this and this and these are my published works and I'm working on, on this. And I invited people to, to tell us who, you know, to say that they are here too. So, um, a lot of people followed and it was amazing to see people from the United States who were born here and raised here and people from Ecuador and people from Brazil and people from, you know, from so many other countries coming and saying, yes, I'm here, I'm here and I'm writing. So it was a magical moment um, where we discovered uh, that, you know, we are, we, well, we already knew it, but we were showing the world that we come from so many different backgrounds and we are not a monolith. So, um, um, so that's when the idea of Latin speech was born because I thought, okay, we are here, but they are not seeing us. They being the publishing industry, right? <laughs> so, so they are not seeing us, but we are here and we are amazing and there are great stories within us so i mentioned this idea of a pitch and i thought i think i thought latino pitch latine pitch latin pitch so you know it was a little bit of i didn't know exactly that that was the idea and i talked with someone i think it was natalia goldberg or someone because i can't remember names so um and, I, and she said oh you should talk to sarah fajardo because she was mentioning something like that too so i contacted sarah and we talked about it and you know, then we said, yes, actually, I've been talking with this one about it. So, you know, so it started like a little train. So uh, right from the get-go, we decided that we didn't want to be just two or three people, that we wanted to be a group of people so we could take on the workload um, because it is, you know, a big investment of time and effort. And, you know, and then right away came Denise. So she can tell her part of how she found a Latin speech. I, when, um, I think one of the other members, Anna, reached out to me. Two people reached out to me. Anna reached out to me and Sarah reached out to me and said, you know, we're thinking of creating Latinx Pitch. Um, I was at the time, I'm part of also Kidlit Latinx, or Latinx Kidlit. Um, 
And she said, I know that you work um, on Black Creators and Kidlet and we would love to, we would really love to leverage your, your, your experience doing that. Would you come on and help us coordinate Latinx pitch? And I was like, of course, because I'm so Brasileira, you know, there's very few Brasileiras who are writing stories about their culture and, um, um, and, and sharing those stories. Or they're actually, no, I'm going to take that back. There are a lot of Brazilians, a lot of Brazilians who are sharing their stories. But we don't always have access. And so I wanted to find a way to work with a group. And I was really happy when, I, when Sarah and Anna reached out to me and said, I know you're really interested in highlighting, especially Afro-Latinx um, voices. I'm African Brazilian. Um, and for me, it's really important that 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 those stories are are out there and people and there's a diversity of the African diaspora that's being communicated and shared with the world. Um, and so, of course, I was like, yes, I'll help. I'll I can do whatever whatever you need. I'm doing I'll, I'll do it for you guys. And and uh, and so that's how I got on. Um, but I think a, a few of us were also critique partners of each other. So Anna and I were both Brazilian. We work together often on each other's. Um, giving each other critique on our work. Um, what's really nice, a lot, we are also really great friends with each other and we read each other's work and we give each other critique. We have very, in various perspectives. We have a Peruvian, we have a, a couple, we actually have three Brazilians, which is go Brazil. I'm so excited because that's very rare. Um, we have three Brazilians and two Peruvians. And two Peruvians. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so it's really nice to be able to be in a group that's so diverse. We have white presenting Latinos, we have African presenting Latinos, um, and being able to tell stories of Asian um, Latinos as well. And so this is a group that is, it's a group of my dreams. Um, and I'm just really happy to be able to all work together, share our perspectives, and also highlight other Latinos from the diaspora um, and their work. And so that's really our mission is to highlight traditionally, um, highlight I think historically, not traditionally, historically marginalized Latin voices um, and make sure that they are, they're heard and that those stories are highlighted. Um, and that's our goal. And so on September 15th, we want the best stories and for people to brush up their manuscripts or, or brush up their pitches um, and, and, and pitch them to the world, the Twitterverse, um, so that we uh, can have our contacts within a publishing industry come and read them and and press the the heart button and and have them submit their their pitches and i think one of the things that makes um you know latinx pitch so special is that it's actually open to agented authors as well and that was actually one of the things that drew me um to latinx pitch was uh, a year ago, I saw that Latinx Pitch assisted during its inaugural year, and I was like, this is amazing. Uh, you know, there's a pitch event for agented writers. And I was at the time, I was getting ready to send out on submission my middle grade uh, fantasy novel. And so it really seemed like a way to um, gauge and approach potential editors. And so that's really the way that I learned uh, about Latinx Pitch. Uh, was through its inaugural event. And this year, I, I knew it was coming up because I knew it had happened in September. And my thought process was just let me reach out to the Latinx pitch team because I thought it was such an incredible event and see how I can help out. Um, so I approached the team. Um, you know, Mariana wrote back to me. We really, you know, let, let, let me see where we need help. Uh, and I was like, you know, whatever you need help with, 
I will be there for you guys because this sounds like an amazing event um, and I want to be able to support it in whatever way that I can. Um, and so this year I joined the team. I was really excited about it. And I was able to um, start writing the blog post for the team. Um, so we've been working on a lot of um, industry-related blog posts, uh, success stories. Um, so a little bit of everything leading up to this second year event that we're really, really excited about. And we hope um, even more Latinx writers show up uh, uh, to, to make you know, our voices, your voices, all of the Latinx voices heard even louder than last year. And I wanted to touch a little bit on what uh, Sandra said about the uh, agented writers being able to participate on Latin speech, because I've noticed some people kind of get salty because, you know, oh, well, what your agent did, right? <laughs> so, but, you know, this was the reason even us uh, Latino, Latinx writers uh, who are agented still struggle because we're still just a checkbox on some publishing, you know, on some publishers or some agents list too, you know, to be true, truthful. So, you know, so we still need that extra support and still need that, that uh, uh, to be um, on the show, on the show light, right? Is that how you say it? In the, in the spotlight. We still need to be on the spotlight still, you know, so, so that's why we decided to allow also agented, um, not only writers, but also um, illustrators to be, uh, allowed to be on, on Latinx page, you know, so, and then the second thing I wanted to say about what they said is that um, right from the, from the start, what we wanted to feel, because sometimes, you know, we create groups that feel kind of clicky, right? So, so, you know, the people, the four people who started, you know, they are kind of like the main figures and everybody is um, down there looking up. So we didn't want that feeling. We didn't want to feel that we wanted to be a community. And I, I think we are, you know, being like a very um, horizontal organization, you know, so we all share, we all talk, we discuss our ideas, and we're very laid back during the year, but we're still sharing and talking and sharing little messages and discussing things. And, you know, we want that with the rest of the community, we want to share that with the rest of the community. We're not clicky, we're here to help, you know, we're part of a bigger community. This is such a great oral history of how something came to be. It's so fascinating. Um, so for, let's say, any listeners who haven't done a pitch event or have heard of them but aren't necessarily on Twitter on the day that they happen, like logistically, what is it? How do you participate? What, what should your goal be when you're participating? Your goal is get attention. So the first thing you need is to make sure that you understand what your hook is and what is going to sell your story and make it concise. And so make sure that you get an editor or agent's attention within the first few words. Um, you wanna be concise. You wanna be able to explain who the character is, what's the conflict, um, and, 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 and within very short amount of time. Um, the goal is to get some attention to your story and pique someone's interest. So they're like, oh, I want to hear more. You know, that's the goal is getting that. Ooh, what's that about? Tell me more. And, and once and if an editor or agent clicks on on your pitch, you get your story to them soon. You know, and so if you're going to participate, what you should be doing right now is really polishing your manuscript so that when you when you do put your put pitch out there on the 15th and someone likes it, it's ready to go. 
So polishing a manuscript, polishing your query about your story as well. And so we have some wonderful resources on our website that you can go to. And there's some great articles on there to give you some idea on how to prepare your query, how to format your, your, your query letter um, in order to contact any editors or agents that express interest in your story. What has the planning looked like to get agent and editor interest? Like who's on board? How, what does that look like? So um, you guys can add in um, at any time, uh, but we've reached out to various different editors, some who have participated in, in the past in our first one last year. Um, and then also we've reached out to our personal agents and editors that we work with, and they've been super supportive and said they're going to, to be um, participating. Um, we've also have lots of friends within the publishing industry. And so we ping them and said, hey, will you participate? This is a great opportunity. This is what Latinx pitch is. We know there's a huge need in the market for more representation of, of Latinx children and children's books. Um, and so this would really help if, if you participated. Um, and so they've been, the publishing industry and agents have been absolutely supportive and we really appreciate that. Yes, and we've also been getting some um, requests on our uh, no, some agents uh, have emailed us out of the blue. Please consider me for Latin speech. And we're like, yes, you know. So, so some people are more are hearing more about us, and they want to join. And well, they really don't have to register or anything like that. They can just show up that day because we want people to know that their voices are going to be heard that day. That people are looking at their other pitches, and, and you know, and um, that they have uh, an opportunity, a chance to to be noticed in an industry where it's so hard to, to get noticed. So yeah, this is a, an amazing opportunity. And another thing that we need really is um, to get people to support our event um, by sharing with their agents, you know, allies, people who are not Latinx, um, and, but they want to support them. Talk to our agents, to our editors, and tell them, hey, there's this event, you know, it looks like fun, there are great stories. So they are more aware and they will want to come and, and browse the event. And pitch events are fun. Um, I my first book yeah. that I that's um, that's going to be published in spring 2023. Um, I actually pitched it at a different pitch event, and so that's why I was like when I when um, when Anna and others reached out to me and asked if I wanted to participate. I was like, yes, I had some success. You know, I pitched Cesaria wears no shoes, which is about a deaf girl who's enjoying carnaval um, with no shoes on, and very simple story. Kids never want to put on their shoes, right? Um, and very what, like 40 characters? I told the story, so I pinged it, and I got about five different agents who were interested in learning more. Um, and then after that, um, I reached out to the different agents and set up phone calls to understand how they work with their clients, what their style was like. I had a, I had a very specific type of agent that I wanted. I wasn't looking for a developmental literary agent. I was looking for more, I, I wanted a seller. Like I wanted somebody with a history of selling books, with experience working with diverse voices, especially Latinos um, and people about the African diaspora. So that's what I was looking for. And those are the conversations I was having. And we really do urge people when they go through these pitch events that you do the research on anyone, either the agents or the editors that contact you because you do want to be prepared to have your conversation and be prepared to make the correct decision for yourself in terms of what kind of agent you want or what kind of publishing house that you want to work with. If you want to work with one of the big fours or if, you want to, if you're okay working with a boutique, 
Um, those are things that you want to research about whoever it is that that taps you and puts a heart under your your pitch. Yes. Also, um, like Denise was saying, that these pitch events are fun. You know, there are lo it's a lot of cam camaraderie going around. You know, um, because we support each other and all that. But also, I think it's good writing practice because we need to have. Um, you know, always when you sell a book, you know, you're always going to be asked, okay, write a blurb, write a this, write a, uh, or your query letter. So I use my pitches. I've used my pitches for blurbs, for query letters, you know, or just like an elevator pitch when I want to sell my book to a library, for example, oh, what is your book about? You know, the head librarian, I like, well, it's about this. And it's actually, I'm repeating my pitch. So it is really good. Another good thing about this uh, event is that when you're writing your pitch, sometimes you may realize that your story is not as strong as you think it is. You know, when you can find the conflict and you can find what's at stake, then maybe you need to step back and say, hey, maybe I'm not ready to pitch yet, you know, because really your story you sort that don't have all the elements, maybe, you know, so it's a good way to look up. And I've realized that or maybe realizing, OK, my story is very quiet. Is it really going to sell? Um, do I need to work on it more or I, do I really want to sell it like this? You know, because, for example, myself, I write a lot of quiet stories, but I mean a lot of quiet stories. So, you know, sometimes it, it is a challenge and come up with a pitch for a quiet story, it, it's super challenging. So, you know, so there are a lot of little decisions that you can make uh, with the help of a pitch, you know, so I, I just love pitching for that reason. Just add into that really these pitch events have become community events. And so when we're inviting people to, to come participate, it's almost like, hey, come hang out with the community for X, you know, a whole day. Come hang out with people who can potentially be critique partners, who can potentially just be writer friends. Come just be able to feel good and at home and, and just talk about your story. At the end of the day, that's really what it's about, is just highlighting the stories that are part of our community. I think that's so beautiful. And especially as someone who nerds out on research. And when I know when I was going through the agent process, every time I could see an agent expressing interest in Latinx stories, I was mentally like, okay, this is someone to have on my list. And so if you, I like this idea that you go in, you know, pitching your own book, but also having a Rolodex in the back of your head, kind of thinking like who, like if they don't see that tweet today, maybe later I can query them and find them. I think that's really cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's the idea. Absolutely. That's the idea. You can make even a, a, a database with these agents who are, you know, are liking what kind of stories are like. I mean, there's so many ways to use these events. My case, like I said, a lot of practice, right? So I think it's, it's yeah, it's really good. For me, I love being a cheerleader. So I love like scrolling through and seeing what people yeah. are really, what kind of stories are that oh, they're me telling. Too. They, oh my God, I didn't think of that. Yes, this is awesome. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I want to read this. And then and then retweeting it and making sure, you know and 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 really lifting those writers who just have amazing yeah. stories. So I love retweeting or, or or commenting and encouraging other writers too. If I, I we can't like it if you're not an agent or you're not an editor, you shouldn't be liking people's pitches. But you can go under under the pitch and and be encouraging. So if I see a story that I'm just like, oh, that's gonna be good. I gotta read that. Somebody gotta look at this. You know. And so you can retweet things. And, and, or you can just comment. And it's, I think it's really good to, like one thing my mom always taught me is that as, as, you, as you climb, you lift. 
And one of the ways that you lift is one, by you know supporting groups like this, but you also can lift by just giving people encouraging words. Like we've all been there. We've all, whew, we were all in those trenches, right? <laughs> we're all looking for agents. We were looking for, and some of us recently, uh, looking for agents, We were, and then going on submission and it take your 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 ego takes a beating, you know. And I think we forget to tell each other that you're doing a good job and that you have a lot of talent. And I think like so, if you see a good pitch, go on there and say and encourage that writer or that illustrator um, to keep going because those are often people forget to to share that kind of feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's really how and that's then that's part of being that part of a community, right? Is encouraging each other. Yes. Um, okay. Next question. Thinking about that and thinking also about this idea of community, like what are the success stories within this community? Like how have people found agents? Have they found editors? Tell me more. Yeah. So one of the success stories that we just posted on our blog, um, it's, it's really great to see, um, uh, an agented author have success with the pitch event as well, because I think sometimes agented authors might be hesitant to participate in something like this, but seeing this success story, I hope that it really brings out more Latinx agented authors to the event. Uh, some of the success stories that we have coming out, for example, are um, Anna Ornstein sold a picture book titled The Tree of Hope, um, and they were able to find an agent based off of that inaugural event. Uh, we also have um, Brazilian writer Rebecca Carvalho. Uh, their inaugural debut, uh, Y rom-com titled Salt and Sugar, is going to be coming out from Inkyard in 2022. Um, and it ended up selling at auction after Rebecca found her editor through the event. Um, so I try to try to like maneuver through different panels real fast. Then there's also Jamie, um, I can't pronounce her last name, but um, she also, I know she also found her agent and um, uh, Jamie Ophelia, and I think it's Bechtel Meyer or something like that. I'm sorry, Jamie, I'm probably yeah, butchering your name. Else. But yeah, but she did an amazing oh, here job we go. too. Yes. And these are just, um, I think one of the things that we're hoping to do as well is start accumulating, you know, one of the things after the event is going to be that we're going to be on the lookout for these success stories and making sure that we highlight the writers that are, that are succeeding in Latinx pitch um, and making sure that we're, like Denise said, uplifting anybody that we can find that has had success and just making sure that um, based off of the, their experience, we're sharing it with people and hopefully encouraging others to stay positive and, and really trying to do whatever they can to get their voices out there. Yes, absolutely. I think we've been highlighting some of them on Instagram as well. And I think Tatiana Gardell, one of the other members, she's been uh, compiling some of the success stories on Instagram. And um, yeah, but you know, maybe in a future, close future, we can feature everybody on, on the blog. It will be very nice, but there've been several success stories, you know, so now you were, wow, you know, we didn't know this match was going to happen. And it's been pretty, yeah. pretty fun to see it. Yeah, with, a Brazilian, a... with a Brazilian story, The Bakery, I, I'm really hoping to see a Netflix um, oh, movie yeah. out of it. Sounds I mean, it, it sounds like, a, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. 
Yeah, I think Rebecca Carvalho's um, book is going to be a big hit. I mean, I think anytime you have a story about two rival bakeries, one, that alone yes. to me is amazing. Uh, and then they're up against this yes. big supermarket that now comes into the neighborhood and they're competing with the man, you know, yeah. and, 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 and they then go from being competitors to then collaborating to be able to survive. And so I think that's a story that we're seeing in very, in various, in various neighborhoods. I live right near Washington Heights and I see the changes going on in my neighborhood in both Washington Heights and in Inwood in Harlem. Um, we see that going on in Brooklyn. This is a real life story that we're seeing. And I'm a small business owner as well. And I'm seeing my small business trying to survive against bigger organizations and bigger companies. Um, and so this is something I think that would, that a lot of people from various neighborhoods would relate to um, because we're seeing the changes happening in our neighborhood and we, and we want to support the mom and pops. We want to support the, the small bakery, you know? And so I'm excited for the story and, and not just because, because Rebecca <laughs> Carvalho é brasileira, but it's because <laughs> I'm, I'm just really excited um, just to see this perspective being told. And through yeah, all these success amazing. stories, you can also see how diverse is our community, really. You know, so, yeah, we call ourselves a community, but, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of stories and experiences inside our communities as well. So, um, so you know, you can see that not all of our Latino stories are about immigration, which nothing wrong, I'm an immigrant, you know, but, um, but there's more, you know, there's much more about us, you know, that um, there are many struggles and there are many things that we celebrate as well. So not everything is sadness and or, or um, trauma, you know, and some it, some it is, you know, sometimes it is too, you know, times are hard, you know, you struggle too. But um, there's also some other side of our stories uh, and so many colors and so many voices that can be added to, to our to our world, and, and I think uh, people are receptive of our stories, which is the main, the main, uh, uh, I think, selling point for editors and publishing houses. Yeah, and I mean to to go back to you know Rebecca's success story. One of the things that Rebecca mentioned in in her interview was that um, her agent and her had pretty much almost given up on this story. And if it wasn't for Latinx pitch, we wouldn't have it out in the world. And that. You know, that's the reality of things um, when we're talking about getting your story in front of the right person at the right time. Um, events like Latinx Pitch are, are able to make that happen. And I think that's one of the other reasons that makes the event so special. That is incredible. <laughs> and I also love this idea of like approaching it with your agent, if you're agented, but really strategizing, like, is this, you know, kind of like a Hail Mary for a story that has been sitting on your computer for a while, maybe a few editors have looked at it and you're just crafting that tweet to really kind of shine it up. Um, so what would your tips be? Like one to two tips each for making a tweet, getting attention? Okay, I think I'll, I'll get started. You know, I tweeted about it today and I think um, I said, you know, sometimes I like to pretend I'm a a narrator, you know, like in the movie movie trailer, like in a world of this, right? So in a world of bakeries or something, you know, so kind of say it aloud to see if it really, and I mean, would my audience stay awake for the next movie or would they fall asleep, you know? So, um, so kind of uh, craft my page and then say it aloud and see how it sounds. Am I really catching anyone's attention? 
tension with it because you can tell you can really tell if i'm gonna open like uh, maria doesn't want to eat her cookies and her mom just lets her that's it right so i mean no one cares no one's gonna care but if i'm gonna add some more um what's gonna happen i mean what, what happens what's the problem you know then i'll probably you know ca uh, catch someone's attention and then the second uh, my second piece of advice is yes um focus have a nice pitch by all means but don't forget that your main selling point is your story if you have an amazing theatrical hollywood-esque pitch but your story is not ready you're not going to sell it so you don't sell pitches you sell stories so your story has to be really really you know ready uh, to be seen and ready or, or if you're an illustrator the same you know so your portfolio your illustrations have to be well done have to really show your work because that's what it's going to sell sandra yeah, so I think my first piece of advice is, and this applies to query letters as well, is don't be vague. Just, you know, don't bury your hook. If you have something that makes your story special, I think a lot of writers tend to think about it in terms of, oh, this is the juicy detail I'm going to save for that. But don't do that when it comes to pitch events and do that when it comes to queries, because that's what's going to make your story stand out. Because you have to remember that agents read hundreds of queries a year. And you don't want to bury your hook. And so you don't want to be vague. Just spill it all out there. Make it special. Don't be afraid to give away the ending, even if you have to, just to make your story stand out because it's really competitive out there. And so you want to make your tweet just as special as it can be, as unique, as funny, as interesting. And so don't be vague when it comes to writing tweets. Don't be scared to just tell your story, even if you're, you're, you're leading with your hook. And then the second thing I can do real fast. I see, I wrote some down. Da, da, da. And I think Mariana touched about this a little bit, but remember your voice. Um, and it, it, don't, don't be afraid to be funny in a tweet. Don't be afraid to be scary in a tweet because that's what's going to interest people at the end of the day. It's just, again, it's about standing out in your tweets. How can you stand out? Well, one of the ways that you can do that is to let agents know that you have a quirky voice. If you're, if you're right, you know, why rom-coms, you want to make sure that your tweet is sounding like a why rom-com. If you're actually um, sending out a, a horror story, you want to make sure that it actually sounds kind of creepy. And so agents are kind of like, okay, this, this sounds kind of creepy, not only what it's saying, but in the tone and the syntax that you're using. And so one of the ways that you can make um, agents remember your tweets is by showcasing that you have a really great writing voice. I would, um, I would recommend people to be brave. Um, sometimes we are afraid to put our stuff out there for various different reasons. Uh, worried that someone's gonna steal your idea um, or that people are not gonna like what I, the story that I'm presenting. Um, I say be brave because no one could tell the story the way you can. The, whatever story you've developed that comes from your experience and that comes from from somewhere really special inside and so I tell people be brave and and, and get over that voice in your head that that doubt in your head and put it out there um, and I also realize that your story people are looking for it sometimes especially individuals from marginalized in backgrounds often we've gone through so many trials and tribulations throughout our lives that we think oh, no one's gonna to want to hear this. Um, but right now the market's hot 
you know, and <laughs> and we need to to make sure that we 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 leverage that and get your story out there and make sure that people uh, who are looking for it can find it. And if it's during a time when you have the Latinx pitch is going on during you know Latino and Hispanic Heritage Month, participate. Um, and so I encourage people to be brave, put your, put it, just try something that you've never done before um, and, and seize the opportunity. It's, it, this is for you. The last thing I wanted to add, to add if you don't mind, is that um, don't forget to um, also to go to our blog on Latin, latinxpitch.com because Sandra Proudman, she's too humble, but she's writing amazing pieces um, about pitching events, about querying and agents and all sorts of writing stuff. If you are Latino, if you're not Latino, go to and, and see because that's a, a advice for any any writer. So um, we're trying to to you know to help with that. And also don't forget to um, to give back. You know, so that's very important in our in in, in this world of kid lit to give back. Um, you know, you receive from other people. And that's why we do this. We don't do Latin speech because we're saints. Well, I am, but you know, I don't know the rest of them. But, you know, but we do this <laughs> because, you know, we are giving back because people have helped us too. People have, you know, lifted up, lift us up at some point or people are still lifting, lifting us up. Uh, so, you know, so let's give all back. It, it's, it's nice to do it. Oh, I think, yeah, I think we'll add a link to the blog in the show notes so that any listener can go back and get more information for sure. Sometimes we get questions um, about who can participate um, in Latinx Pitch. Um, so the purpose of Latinx Pitch is to highlight um, Latinx individuals either from South America, Latin American countries, um, or Central America and parts of the Caribbean as well, who, who haven't and historically haven't had access to the publishing industry. We sometimes get questions whether individuals who may speak Spanish or may speak Portuguese who don't necessarily live in those regions we just mentioned can participate. But this, the purpose of this is to highlight groups who have historically not had access. And so I'm hoping that can answer that question for people, but we really want to, to make sure that we get those voices heard. Yes, and don't forget Latinx people are Black, Latinx people are Asian, Latinx people come from so many different regions. So we want to reach out to, to all of us who are indigenous too, you know, so we want to reach out to everybody. We're not thinking, okay, we're just a monolith and, you know, we're all the same. And No, we, we are diverse. We know that and we want to encourage that. So that was great, Denise, by the way. So yes, so that's, um, that's a great explanation because we get those questions quite a lot. All right, and then since this is a Twitter conversation, kind of thinking about closing, who are your favorite people to follow on Twitter, literary people? Can I tell you who I love? Yes, yes. I love Justin Colon. I love Justin. Justin is so ha so helpful. Um, he puts so much energy out there. He really wants to see other people uh, succeed. And when you follow him, you learn so much because he gives so many great tips. And so I just recommend follow Justin Colon um, on, and PB Pat and PB Chat. I'm sorry on on Twitter because you learn a lot, and he's so approachable and loving. Um, so Justin, shout out to you. 
Um, I, I, I enjoy following uh, Margarita Engel. She's uh, sharing a Taino word of the day every day. And I want to encourage uh, all of you too, who are listening to follow the trailblazers who have, who have been opening doors for us. Um, you know, they have many books and they're leaving a trail, you know, for us. And we're just gonna going through those doors. So let's follow them, Lulu de la Cre, um, you know, so, so many other more have slipped my mind that are, you know, ha have been uh, opening doors and also follow, uh, follow Las Musas, obviously, Las Musas books and follow Black uh, uh, Kitlit creators. I probably got the name wrong, right, Denise? So Black creators in Kitlit. Yeah, we're Black Creators Headquarters now, um, so okay. we're, we're going to be taking on adult writers as well. Okay, yes, follow these groups who are grassroots organizations, you know, and, and are doing so much for the community. And I second Justin, just, Justin, too. He's great. And then definitely be sure to follow uh, the Latinx Pitch Committee. Everybody on our team is amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, and that was obviously one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out and help this amazing group and be a part of that team. Um, so definitely check out our website, follow everybody that is, you know, bringing Latinx pitch, um, making it possible for us because everybody is just an amazing writer. Um, in terms of, I have a couple of two other people to add in. Um, Claire Bell A. Ortega is amazing at marketing. Um, if you want to learn about how to market yourself on Twitter, they are an amazing person to follow. Uh, and they have a middle grade coming out called Witchlings. Um, so give Claire Bell a follow, uh, you know, purchase Witchlings. Sadicia J. Fennel uh, tweets about, uh, you know, the writing world through a publicist perspective. So I would definitely follow her. I think she's an amazing resource for Latinx writers on online, especially um, Black Latinx writers. She's a tremendous advocate for, for lifting Black writers up, and I think she's somebody to definitely follow. Um, she also has a forthcoming anthology coming out uh, called Wild Tongues Can't Be Tamed, um, so definitely give her a follow. Um, so definitely, I think both of them, from uh, a publishing perspective, they are amazing resources to follow and voices to be heard. Perfect. Um, and so then let's really close out with where our listeners can get more information about you, um, your books. So drop us your handle, um, any, anything you'd like our listeners to know, where can they find you? Uh, Denise, want to start us off? Sure. So on IG, I'm De at Denise Aduce. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Denise Lit for Kids, but it may change to Denise Aduce just to simplify things. You can go to deniseaduce.com. Uh, I'm still relatively new, and uh, but I love making friends and also supporting other fellow writers. I dabble a little bit with, with illustrations, but I'm not as amazing as other people. Um, but I'm I'm always open to making friends. So I invite you to ping me, send me a DM. Just be ready to chat because I'm a talker. MarianaYanos.com, on Twitter at MarianaYanos, on Facebook, MarianaYanosBooks, on Instagram, MarianaWritesTheWorld, just to spice things up, different, and on TikTok, Mariana y Alana. So Mariana y Alana. And um, yes, and on TikTok, I'm going to start uh, highlighting books in Spanish, I'm kind of doing short things in Spanish. And yeah. So yeah, just, uh, I love making friends too. So just follow me, I'll follow back. Um, so I can be reached uh, at Sandra Proudman uh, on 
that's my tagline for Twitter, for Instagram, for TikTok. Um, Mariana, I have to find you on TikTok because definitely is like uplifting Latinx books in Spanish. I think it's going to be amazing. Um, and you can also find me blogging for the Latinx pitch blog, uh, all the resources on there. If anybody has any ideas of what you would like to know more about, definitely reach out to me on Twitter. Again, at Sandra Proudman. And I am also going to be a middle grade Pitch Wars mentor this year. I've been a Pitch Wars mentor three years in a row. Um, I am hoping to find a you know, marginalized Latinx voice to mentor. So if you have a middle grade uh, manuscript that you're preparing for Pitch Wars, definitely keep an eye out for me. Uh, submit to me because I, I, I really, really want to work with the Latinx writer this year. Amazing. Um, so everyone listening, check out these three fantastic authors. Uh, check out Latinx Pitch. And if you'd like to learn more about Las Musas or our books, please visit our website at lasmusasbooks.com or find us on social media at Las Musas Books. And be sure to check out our bookshop page where each purchase of one of our books goes towards supporting independent bookstores. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also sign up for the Last Musa's newsletter to have podcast updates as well as other Musa news, such as release dates, teasers, spotlights, and more delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening.